Hey everyone, welcome back for episode 106 of The Path Podcast. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you've decided to join us on The Path today. Today we're going to finish up discussing Revelation 14. Um, And uh, Revelation 14 is really kind of like the last passage before we get to the climax of the book of Revelation. Um, Because in, in 15 we'll start to see this you know, like the preparation for the for the end kind of thing. Um, and so 14 is really an important passage or an important chapter for us as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, but especially this week um, as followers of Christ who live in 2023, knowing that there, um, there are things that have happened, that are happening, and that will happen from the book of Revelation. Um, this, this passage that we looked at yesterday really propels us forward to continue working for the Lord. So Derek, um, maybe help us just kind of understand what, what we talked about yesterday, and then let's look at a couple of handles to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what we see in this passage, it, it's a sobering moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, God is ready for Christ to enact the, the final judgment, and Jesus, you know, um, actually foreshadowed this while he was on earth, you know, when people asked him, you know, about his kingdom, those kind of things. And we see that, you know, uh, part of a a larger discourse in um, Matthew, Mm -hmm. Matthew um, 25 particularly, but but even surrounding that, there's a lot of talk about the kingdom and what that looks like. And and, uh, so I think that 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 passage for me was a helpful... Um, helpful to look back on and, and mm-hmm. use, you know, the, look at the context that was there too, not just the immediate context yeah. of, of Revelation, because it's it's a sobering moment. You know, one of the things that that is discussed in this passage, these two harvests, yeah. if you will, is just that idea of of uh, reaping, mm. you know, reaping a harvest, reaping uh, the harvest, and so you've got you've got. Jesus um, uh, appearing on a cloud, Son of Man, Son of Son of God. And he there he is, um, you know, uh, with a sickle in his hand and uh, golden crown on his head, and uh, you know, which just indicates he's the judge, he's the king, he's yeah. the one that can do this, that can enact this this judgment, this um, this harvest. And he begins to harvest the crop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that the, the the idea of harvest was was important to me. Um, you know, something to draw in on, just to help orient our minds toward what what's the point here? What's what's going on here? Yeah. So you know, one of the things I encourage everyone to do is just say this this is this is sobering. This is a moment of finality. Like it's 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 it's. Um, you know, it's a tough passage. Yeah. But the way we should look at it is that it's not yet here. Right. It's still somewhere off in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not now, like in this exact moment, because, you know, we're here in this moment and it's not taking place, you yeah. know, just like this. Um, I, I don't think that it's in the immediate uh, future. Because there's there's there is a, um, uh, a there are clear scriptures that said there will be people from every nation, tribe, uh, and language time, yeah. in heaven worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. We've not yet completed the Great Commission. There are yeah. you know over three thousand people groups that don't have 
the, the you know uh, a representation of um, of uh, someone from their people group from their nation tribe tongue people group yeah. eth- you know ethnos um, represented that would be represented so right. there's work to be done there's people to be saved there's the gospel needs to go out yeah. still right um, and what well, we think well no you know this the the harvest is now you know it's it is now, and mm. God is about to reap the harvest or whatever. Well, I mean, Jesus in his day said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Mm-hmm. The, har- the harvest then was ready, ripe and ready to yeah. be collected. Um, so so mm. that's kind of where my thought process, my mind went as we're looking at these two synonymous judgments, right, to... Judgments wrapped into one, really, mm-hmm. um, one judgment. Um, that you know, yeah, the there is a coming day mm-hmm. that the harvest will be reaped. Yeah, and the Lord will separate the wheat from the tares. The in Matthew chapter twenty-five that I talked about Jesus foreshadowing this. <clears throat> he talked about the sheep and the goats. Yeah, right. And um, it will be. Um, eventually enacted but it hasn't yet right there's still time there's still time for that to happen um the first judgment is this um grain judgment this uh reaping of harvest of grain and i think it parallels matthew 25 pretty well um and i think that is indicative of the sheep mentioned in matthew 25 the wheat mentioned in mm-hmm. other passages it's it's those who are righteous those who have trusted christ yeah that they will be reaped and gathered um to him uh in matthew chapter 25 it says that they will inherit eternal life yeah so, um conversely the the grape judgment which is the second of the two uh i think is a judgment of god's wrath i mm-hmm. mean it's pretty clear in the passage that yeah. that's what it is so um one of the things we talked about was that um, because God's wrath has already been placed on Jesus, there's no reason for people to have to go through the grain judgment here. Yeah, there's still a chance for them to come to um, to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a sobering moment, but it's a moment that's not quite yet, here, you know, quite here yet. Right. And just as Jesus said in Matthew chapter nine, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is plentiful now. Mm-hmm. It's ready to be plucked up. And God needs you and I to be the ones to go out and to share the gospel so yeah. that people can be counted among the grain, among the wheat, among the sheep mm-hmm. um, of of Jesus' fold. And the only way that they come to do that is by us going. I didn't mention this yesterday, but you know, Romans uh, 10, 15 mm. says, uh, you know, how will they... Uh, believe unless they have someone to speak to them, to share with them, yeah. right? It goes on to say that blessed, you know, uh, blessed are the feet of those who mm-hmm. uh, share the good news, you know, so, uh, or how beautiful the feet are of right. those who share good news. So, um, anyway, that there's work to be done. There's, yeah. uh, you know, um, God is moving, God is working, and we need to get on board and do yeah. what he's called us to do yeah absolutely so yeah i think i think it's interesting let's i think let's dig in there for just a second that you know a passage that on face value you look at it and go well my goodness that's kind of bleak right yeah. um 
But it really becomes one of the great calls for evangelism in Scripture that for for believers in Christ as followers of Jesus that we have this task that's been set before us in the Great Commission. And um, in, in my mind, and I, I don't think I'm unique in this, but in my mind, you read a passage like this and, and, and I think, well, my goodness, I need let's share all the more so mm-hmm. that people don't have to be crushed in the wine press of God's wrath mm-hmm. uh, in, at the end. And, um, and, and I think that, you know, you and I were talking beforehand that one of the great things about this is that um, we have the advantage of knowing how things end, but we mm-hmm. also know the answer uh, to, to, how to how to get out of this. And, mm-hmm. um, and so whatever the, the end result may be does not change our task, mm-hmm. right? So um, maybe just for a minute, let's talk about how, how do we fulfill that task? And, and as elementary as that may sound to some people, how do we, how do we go out and and fulfill the task of sharing the gospel with others? Well, I think I think it is pretty elementary. I mean, we we go and we tell, mm-hmm. we go, we share the good news of Jesus Christ. We share our testimony, our story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think part of part of um, our trepidation maybe with mm. sharing the gospel is that, you know, we live, we live in a society that is increasingly um, intolerant <clears throat> to Christianity. Right? Yeah. People may even say that it is unloving mm. to confront people in their need for a savior. Yeah. Because by indicating that they need a savior means that they need to be saved from something. Right. right? Which Ultimately, is sin, mm-hmm. but I could think of nothing more unloving right. to do than to withhold saving information from people that need it. Yeah. That need it. Um, it is. It's. It's actually more unloving mm-hmm. to not be willing to share in a loving manner. Yeah. Not a judgeful judgment. You know, um, uh, judgmental mindset, but a. a, a um, you know, a, a plea, a cry yeah. mm. to say, man, there, there is something far worse than what you've ever dreamed of or imagined that is awaiting anyone yeah. apart from Christ. And I can't help but to tell you there's a way out. Yeah. Right? Right. It's like, um, you know, from the 1990s, um, you know, the, what was the the movie Armageddon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was... What was there were others uh, that was the one yeah. that Deep was. Impact, yeah, Deep you know, Impact, all those movies. Yeah, there yeah. were quite a few. Yeah, uh, these movies were um, like enamored with the apocalypse. Yeah, you know, perhaps a, a comet or mm. a, a asteroid hits the Earth yeah. and destroys giant it volcanic or explosion or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. so imagine that you are an astronomer and you've charted the path of, you know. An asteroid that's going to hit the Earth and kill you know a third of the population or whatever. Yeah. And you decided not to tell anybody because it would mm. it would create mass chaos and, yeah. and wreak havoc. Mm. How unloving would you be? Right. Right. Well, an impending doom awaits those who are apart from Christ. Mm. The wrath of God will be poured out on people who choose to live according to the ways of this world yeah. and find themselves in the end, living that way, we have a way to help them and rescue them from that. Yeah. 
because of Christ, and you know how unloving would it be to not tell them that? Right. Now, you know, I say this all the time. It doesn't mean we have to be a jerk. You know, it doesn't mean we have to, you know, boldly profess Christ and go stand on the street corner and mm-hmm. you're all going to die. And go yeah, to hell. you're all going to hell. Yeah, you know, I remember this was probably 20 years ago. You know, where you know people, well, it's still a thing, but people would like go by and look at churches' signs. You know, right? Yeah, and like you know, post pictures and stuff like that. And you know, I remember there was one, you know, on a church turn or burn. You know, yeah. so it's not like we're not doing that, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the point. It's not loving and or kind either right but to do nothing is far more absolutely unloving yeah. Yeah. and kind yeah well and i think that you know one of the things that you had said yesterday is that god god places us in certain places for a reason mm-hmm. and that reason is to tell those people we have influence yeah. in their lives about the love of jesus yeah. and um and i think that's one of the reasons that i'm so excited about this thing that we're starting here at church called my circle yeah and so um maybe let's talk for just a minute about that that idea that we're looking at the people that are in our circle of influence yeah. that we have the opportunity to share the gospel with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so preparing for Easter, you know, um, <clears throat> we we want to, we're sharing the greatest message that day, yeah, right? Right. It's a day when people will come to church when they normally won't, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, there, it's a lot of times where people are searching in a moment when they're searching. So, why not invite them here, right? And it's just leveraging, it's us leveraging as we prepare for Easter, leveraging the influence we already have, yeah. the circles uh, that we already have people in our lives. And just, it's not that hard. It's not like we got to go share, you know, the Romans Road or, yeah. you know, faith evangelism or like, yeah. you know, I or have preach to, a sermon to them. Or yeah. I've got to, you know, know all the apologetics yeah. or whatever. Like, no, it just, Invite them. Yeah. Pray for them. Mm-hmm. Pray for them is the biggest one. Pray for them. Invite them. Invite them over for a meal. Share with them what Christ has done for you. Yeah. It's not hard. It's it's not hard. We just got to do it, right? right. Yeah. Uh, I think I think about this. You know, you asked. You know, what what do we do, or you know, what hinders, or whatever. It makes me think of kind of what's going on in our culture right now. Uh, kind of this this amazing things that seems to be spreading across our nation among yeah. young people, right? It right. uh, started um, several places, I think, but the one that got the most press was Asbury, right. um, in Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That's Asbury College. And it's this revival that's broke out. It's, going, it's been going on for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's spread to Lee University here near, near us. Uh, yeah. It's uh, spread to Sanford University now. Uh, I believe it spread to Cedarville University, and mm-hmm. I even saw where uh, it's it's even taking place on a few uh, secular campuses as well. Oh, really? Uh, and like high schools and middle schools, and yeah. I would say even in our even in our own town, like we mm-hmm. uh, our FCA at our middle school has been just busting at the seams. Yeah. There's 380 middle school kids at FCA this yeah. past uh, week. Which, for, yeah. for some perspective, that's over half of the student population yeah. at our middle Absolutely. school. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, God is doing something in this, you know, Gen Z, Gen Alpha yeah. um, group where a lot of us disc- discounted. God yeah. could even do anything in their generation. We've right. been so concerned about it, worried. Could God even move among these people because yeah. of what they have to wade through in, in our culture, in, like way earlier than what we had to, yeah. right? Yeah. 
So in a lot of ways, we just said, God, don't, God can't move there. Yeah. What can God do against you know where the, the society is going? Yeah. Dude, it's God. Right. He do whatever he wants to. <laughs> yeah. If he wants a revival to break out, then he'll do it. Yeah. But but I you know I shared a quote yesterday, and I thought this was so helpful to me, <clears throat> uh, from Leonard Ravenhill, who um, wrote a book called Why Revival Tarries. Yeah. And I read this in seminary, but it, this this spoke even more to me. Um, just in this culture, right, is what he says is the only reason we don't see revival is because we are content to live without it. Mm-hmm. That hit me so hard, dude. Yeah. Like, gosh, do we even care? Yeah. Do we want God to move? Mm-hmm. We want God people to say, do we want God to save the people in my circle? Mm-hmm. Because God can. Yeah. And God can save those people I'm so concerned about, I'm worried about, that I'm concerned about their um, eternal destination. God can still do that. Yeah. God can still work in my life and right. cause something amazing and miraculous to happen in my life and bring revival to me and to bring revival to our church, to bring revival to Lafayette, Georgia. God can do these things still. Yeah. Uh, the problem is... Are we content to live without that? Mm-hmm. Do we care? Then he, con- he continues in this quote. If half the Christians in America were as interested in the kingdom of God, this is, listen to this, mm-hmm. as they are in the Dow Jones average, we'd have revival. Yeah. Half of them, I agree with it, I agree with it. If half the Christians in America were as interested in the kingdom of God as they are in everything else, yeah. we'd have revival. Mm-hmm. God pity us, This is, he continues to say. That after years of writing, using mountains of paper and rivers of ink, and exhausting flashy terminology about the biggest revival meetings in history, we are still faced with gross corruption in every nation, as well as with the most prayerless church age since Mm -hmm. Pentecost. We don't pray like God can still move. We don't pray like God can still bring revival. We are a prayerless church. Not us in general, but like... Not yeah, us specifically, specifically, but, in but the church age in general is what he's saying. Yeah, and he—I mean, he—he he didn't write this yesterday. He wrote this a long time ago. Yeah, men and women aflame is the need of the hour. Men and women aflame is the need of the hour. Oh, to be ten thousand times hotter for the Lord, to be in- incandescent with the fire of the Holy Ghost, mm. until all this earthly part of me glows with His His fire, mm. divine. So what he's saying is that, um. We've got to do. We've got to do our part. Right. We've got to pray. We've got to share. We've got to reach out to those in our circle. We want to see God move, mm-hmm. and we start sharing with them. Yeah. And we we muddy through the messiness of it. It's messy. Our culture's messy. People are living in in ways we didn't fathom. You know. Right. Even twenty years ago. Um, and we're having to deal with things we couldn't even have thought of or dreamed of at some point. Yeah. But you know what? They're here. Those people are made in the image of God, and they need God to change their hearts and lives for That's anything right. to change. Yeah. And God is still in the business of doing that. That's right. He's not here yet to wield his sickle <clears throat> to bring about his judgments. He's not yet done that. He still tarries mm-hmm. so that lives can change, so that... Uh, the gospel can spread so that the church can be the church and yeah. see God move with power and vigor again in our communities. So, um, 
that's you know I don't I got lost on what you asked me but I think no 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 I think that's great that you know I think that um, so often we 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 put this unnecessary pressure on ourselves or this un these unnecessary expectations on ourselves when it is not our responsibility to save people. Mm-mm. We can't do that. We are incapable of saving anyone. Mm-hmm. We can't even save ourselves, no. much less anyone else. Our job is to go and tell people. Mm-hmm. That's that's the Great Commission. Go and, t- and tell people mm-hmm. about the love of Jesus. Yeah. And... Um, is that difficult sometimes? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's difficult at times. It's awkward sometimes, but awkwardness doesn't negate the the mission. Um, if if difficulty and awkwardness were the thing that would stop us from doing stuff, we we would not have a savior, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, Jesus in the garden even prayed, "God, if there's any other way, mm-hmm. I, I, please let mm-hmm. let's do this some other way." Yeah. Um, and yet he said, "Not my will, but yours." Mm-hmm. God's will for us is that we go and tell people mm-hmm. about Jesus. Yeah. And there there's there's not a plan B. Yeah. No. This is plan A. Go and share the gospel. Go and tell people about Jesus. That's plan A. Plan God one. gathered a church for himself, the ecclesia, mm-hmm. the um the gathered church. He yeah. saved <clears throat> us gather this together so that we would go out yeah. and share. That's his plan. You're right. That's plan A. Yeah. That's all that's all there is. The church. Yeah. The gathered Christians, the gathered saints of the Lord who've been saved out of the pits of darkness to go back into the darkness and say, Y'all come out, I found a way out. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. And God is doing that. God is moving. Yeah, God, absolutely is. Yeah. God moved yesterday, man. God mm-hmm. moved in our service. Uh, someone trusted and the Lord yeah. settles some things in their own life. I heard of another person that the Lord is working on, and they're close to trusting the Lord as their Savior. Mm-hmm. So you know, God, God is working and moving, and uh, yeah. in our midst as well. Yeah, which is so awesome. Oh, dude, man, to be a part of that is like, yeah. Oh, golly, it's it's um, it's so so. I don't know. I don't have words. I, I you know to. Yeah. To be a, a small part of the Lord working in somebody's life is like, man. Yeah, it's incredible. It is. It's yeah. incredible. And it's, I want more of that. Yeah, no doubt. I don't want to settle. Right. I don't want to settle for like, you know, just coming here week after week and just, you know. Going through doing the motions. a few, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, religious exercises and walking out and nobody's changed. I, I don't know, man. Like. Getting a taste of it, it's like, man, I want more. I want God to move more. I want to see um, all this um, more. I just want more of it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, here's where we turn it over to you. A uh, couple of things here. Number one, how can we encourage you to go and do what God has called us to do? How can we do that? We we have um, we have created these cards that we have here at church, these My Circle cards, and we're going to be praying for those things specifically over the next several weeks. Um, we're going to be praying not just for cards. We're going to be praying for people mm-hmm. specifically over the next few weeks. I think that's an important distinction to make oh, that yeah. it's easy to just write a name on a card and it just becomes a thing, but we are praying for people's lives and their eternal destinations and um and so we're going to be doing that together as a as a family of believers uh, over the next few weeks but we'd love to encourage you in that how can mm-hmm. we encourage you we would love that's what we're here for roger is here for is for us 
to equip you to go and do what God's called you to do. That is our job as pastors. And so we would love to be able to help you do that. Let us know how we can do that. You can email us at the path lafayettefirst.life. We'd love to help you think through that and, and walk through that. But also, what, what thoughts do you have? Is there anything that brings that comes to your mind after we're, we're now kind of <clears throat> uh, ramping into the climax of the book of Revelation? How, what, what thoughts do you have about that? How is God working in you specifically to, uh, to grow you into a deeper follower of Him? Again, email us at thepathofafayettefirst.life. We'd love to have that discussion with you. Next week, we're going to look at Revelation 15. So maybe go ahead and take the opportunity to read it before we we gather on Sunday. Um, But until then, I am Jason. I'm Derek. We hope that you'll join us next time as we continue down the path.